0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. You can learn more about the program, podcast, or our thank you gift, the book Tactics, when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part five of Pastor Michael's continued teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, now verses 8 through 11, called Now Concerning Spiritual Gifts.
1: When an unbeliever comes into our midst, 1 Corinthians 14, he might say something like this, surely God is in this place. Now, how would he or she know that? Well, they would know that maybe by sensing the presence of God, but by also the context is sensing the presence of God through the body of Christ. And so as they see us moving in spiritual gifts, the, the Spirit of God manifesting himself through the church, God is made known. And God wants to be made known to the world that He made. In fact, He tells us to be witnesses to a lost and dying world. Now, everybody turn over to 1 Peter with me. Hold your place in 1 Corinthians. First Peter's toward the back of the New Testament. Look at chapter 4. Peter reiterates this idea of these spiritual gifts. 1 Peter 4, we're going to look at verses 10 and 11 when he says these words. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. As each one has received a special gift, that word for gift there is charisma, and it's defined as a divine endowment or a divine manifestation. As each one, 1 Peter four ten, has received a special charisma a gift, it's where we get the idea of the charismatic, right? Employ it, as you receive the gift, you've got to employ it in doing what? In serving one another. And here's your stewardship you, you have stewardship over money, over your family, over your talents, and over your spiritual gifts as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks, let him speak as it were the utterances of God. Whoever serves, let him do so as by the strength which God supplies. You can see speaking gifts touched on here, serving gifts. But we're to do it by the strength that God gives us, by the Spirit, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom or to Him belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So be it. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So as we have these gifts, we're supposed to employ them. And each one of you have at least one, as we mentioned. And these are things that God may do in your life at certain times when the need arises to manifest himself. God wants to reveal himself to his people and to the world. The manifestation of the Spirit is given, verse 7, 1 Corinthians 12, for the common good. I touched on this last week as we closed. But the common good literally means, it's sumfero in Greek, and it means to bring us together or to help us help each other. Spiritual gifts are to bring us together, to unify the body. They are for the common good, to help us lift each other up in time of need. We all do that. The body of Christ helps the body. Royal Family Kids Camp is a good example where all these volunteers went down to a camp this week and all engaged spiritual gifts to manifest God to a group of children who needed to see the love of Christ. The body of Christ, when we meet on a Sunday morning and let's say we have a visitor that comes and meets with us and worships with us, each of us are manifesting our spiritual gifts and all these different ministries that make this work on a Sunday morning to show who God is. To people. See, our job is to reveal God, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And that takes being surrendered to Him and it takes employing our spiritual gift. One writer says the economic principle here is to pay it forward. If you don't use your gifts, then you simply cannot accomplish this. The economic principle pay it forward. You get a gift from God, you give it away. You get a gift from God, you give it away. God wants you to be a channel of His grace, a vessel of His grace, to show the world that God is a giving God, and that He loves us and He loves them. And so He gives these gifts to His church to show who He is. To one is given, notice the, the, the emphasis again is, is given, verse 8, the word of wisdom. See the word word there? That's the Greek word logos, L-O-G-O-S. And this is a speaking gift. It's the word of wisdom. Now, we know wisdom and knowledge was huge in first century Corinth. They were all into wisdom. But wisdom really defined is, is this. Wisdom is to know God, to know his will and his ways, and to do it. Have you ever been in a situation where someone came to you for counsel, and they said, hey, this is a situation that I am facing, and what should I do? Do you have any words of wisdom for me? And sometimes, you know, the more, the older I get and the more I've walked with Christ, the less I know. (laughs) Can I get a witness? I used to know everything when I was a Christian for six months, you know. I figured out everything. I've solved Calvinism and Arminianism debate. I know know how to solve free will and election. And now I've gone on and I'm like, boy, there's some good arguments on both sides and wow. And, you know, we think we know everything about raising children until we have children. (laughs) And we're like, oh, Lord, impart to me a word of wisdom, (laughs) right? So, Simply put, a word of wisdom is to help somebody in a moment to navigate something that they're going through. If any of you lacks wisdom, James 1.5, let him ask of God who gives to all people liberally. Now, sometimes we lack wisdom and someone else helps us or someone we know lacks wisdom and we might help them. I should point out that the wisdom that we want to impart is largely going to be centered in applying Bible verses to situations. In fact, I think sometimes what happens is the word of wisdom being a speaking gift happens a lot in Bible study. It happens a lot from pulpits across the country. Because the word of wisdom is the application of God's word for your situation. So think with me. Have you ever been in a situation where, you know, you're asking some tough questions. Lord, I don't know what to do. You're wrestling with something and you turn on a sermon on the radio. And that pastor is dealing with your specific situation and applying God's word. This happens so many times to me. I've been praying about something, wrestling. I wasn't sure what the Lord would have for us or the elder board maybe was wrestling with something and we needed God's wisdom and we specifically prayed for it. And then I turn on a sermon and that pastor is talking about that very thing. Or sometimes, you know, I'll talk to somebody who's come into a church service like this and they'll, they'll come up to me and they, they say, you were talking to me today. And I said, I know. We've been following you all week. <laughs> no. But it's kind of fun to mess with people that way. But anyway. But isn't it interesting, like, someone can be going through something they maybe they haven't been to church for a while they come into the church and the message is all about what they're dealing with or something is touched on in the message and oftentimes as a pastor this happens i'll i'll depart from my notes Uh, what i would thought i was going to say i take a left turn and then someone says you know when you touched on this this was specifically what I was asking a question about. That is the word of wisdom. That's the Spirit saying, I know what you're going through, and I'm gonna help you navigate your life through the word of God. So, so we need to bring this down out of the clouds, so to speak, and say that largely speaking, this will just be a moment where a Bible verse gets applied to your situation. And maybe you've never seen that verse before, Or maybe you see that verse with some different angles, but that's the primary idea there. It's applying the Word of God. Wisdom is the application of knowledge, and it comes through the Spirit. The second gift listed here is to another comes the word, logos, again, of knowledge. That's gnosis, according to the same Spirit. Now, we need wisdom, and we need knowledge. I I believe that these these gifts, you could kind of see them overlapping But sometimes the word of knowledge could be knowledge about Jesus. See, the highest knowledge that any of us can ever gain, the highest level of study, if you will, is the study of God. It's what we call theology. The Greek word for God is theos, T-H-E-O-S, and ology on the end is the study of God. We have a branch in theology called Christology. That's the study of Jesus the study of the Christ. And so have you ever had a moment where you were reading your Bible and all of a sudden a a jewel of knowledge about Jesus all of a sudden hit your heart for the first time and you're like, wow. Sometimes it has to do with the nature of Christ or even the nature of his humanity. Or maybe the first time you really understood that Jesus is God in human flesh. Turn over to Colossians a little bit to your right. Look at chapter 2, Colossians chapter 2. Paul is celebrating the wisdom that's found in Jesus, the knowledge of our God. 2 Peter 3.18 says we're to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is Colossians 2. Look at verses 2 and 3. Colossians 2, 2 and 3 says, that their hearts may be encouraged, Colossians 2.2, having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth, That comes from the full assurance of understanding resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery that is Christ Himself. In whom or in Him in Christ are hidden, how many? All the treasures, notice the two words here, of wisdom and knowledge. Now we do know that when John introduces the subject of Jesus, he says in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. And later in John 1.14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And John says, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So please kind of just take some note of this. The Word of knowledge and the Word of wisdom will center itself in God's Word. And it will its, center itself in the Word of God, or Jesus. The living Word, if you will.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment.
1: My plan.
2: Shane Lance would like to invite you to a night of worship at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. You know, it is so important for us as individual believers, as we are individually seeking Christ, to have times where we can come together to see the name of Jesus Christ exalted and lifted high. With a personal testimony. What a great way to just spark a fire in somebody's life again, to show them the the power that there is in the name of Jesus the things that God can do and the way he can change our life anybody is welcome and maybe you have that friend that you've been trying to get back into church and they've been telling you oh yeah you know I want to get back to church but I've had work or I've had this or I've had that this is a great event to invite that friend to to get them back surrounded with other believers. A night of worship at Living Truth Christian Fellowship this Sunday night at 6 p.m. Visit walkintruth.com for more information or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship
0: app. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth.
2: Our mission here at Walk in Truth is to equip you with the Word of God, and to give you the tools to express your Christian faith. But how do you initiate conversations effortlessly? Walk in Truth and Pastor Michael Lance would like to offer you the 10th anniversary edition of Tactics, a game plan for discussing your Christian convictions by Greg Kokel. This
1: is how to navigate a conversation to build a bridge from a conversation to get to spiritual truths and to get to the gospel. We are
2: offering the book Tactics as a thank you when you give a donation of $20 or more to Walk in Truth visit walkintruth.com, click the donate button, or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or 844-48-TRUTH.
0: Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth.
1: Notice the two words here, of wisdom and knowledge. Now, we do know that when John introduces the subject of Jesus, he says, in the beginning was the Word. Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And later in John 1.14, and the Word became flesh. And dwelt among us, and John says, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So please... Kind of just take some note of this. The word of knowledge and the word of wisdom will center itself in God's word and it will center itself in the word of God or Jesus. The living word, if you will. In him are hidden and that gives the idea that they have to be discovered. That as we mine the depths of the person of Christ in the word of God, we will grow Colossians 2, 3, in wisdom and knowledge. It says later on in verse 9 of the same chapter of Colossians 2, for in him, in Christ, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in him, in Jesus, you have been made complete. And he is the head over all rule and authority. Turn back to 1 Corinthians. The word of wisdom and word of knowledge then will center itself on the application of God's word and the glory of the nature of God and the nature of Christ. It might be that you get an epiphany in a Bible study, or it may be that you're reading your Bible, and all of a sudden you make a realization of the depth and glory of your God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge. You say, well, how does that help somebody? Well, any time that I get more in touch with the glory of my God and Savior, Jesus Christ, it assures or reassures my faith. Amen? It makes me more secure. It gets me more in touch with the majesty and glory of God, and by virtue of that, I am, I am encouraged. Uh, we can inspire other people. Take a look at 1 Corinthians 13, look at verse two, where it says, if I have the gift of prophecy, another spiritual gift, and know all mysteries and all knowledge. Now, I could, I could understand the depth of things, If I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, several of the gifts repeated here, but the gifts must be governed by love, but have not love, I am what? I'm nothing. So it's not about, hey, uh, I don't know if you knew this, uh, Mr. Simpleton, as you pontificate on what you've discovered about the nature of Christ. No, the attitude that we share these insights with is love. That should motivate what we do. So if you're ever in a group Bible study, for example, and people begin to encourage one another with thoughts about Christ and God, the whole group is edified as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another, one wom- woman sharpens another. So in the setting of a Bible study or a worship service, and even in a first century context where maybe there was some back and forth questions and answers, et cetera, you can see how these gifts would operate. Verse 9, the third gift we'll look at is to another. 1 Corinthians 12, 9 is faith. Uh, The gift of faith is given. Notice, again, the source is the same spirit. Faith is pistis in Greek, P-I-S-T-I-S. And this is not saving faith because he's addressing Christians, so it's not just saving faith here, but it is a special endowment of faith in a moment where you may need extra faith. Uh, one writer says, this rather is faith to perform some extraordinary work. This is the kind of faith in Jesus' terms that can move mountains. The gift of faith may be connected, as we'll see in a moment, to the gifts of healing that follow. It's a mysterious surge of confidence in God. Uh, 1 Corinthians twelve nine. the gift of faith. Maybe to endure a difficult circumstance or to have peace in a trial or to have extra faith that God will help you or even heal someone you're praying for, etc. This is spirit-given faith, distinct from saving faith or the daily faith with which we need to walk out our walk. This is a special moment. Uh, Example, some years ago, Pastor Chuck Smith tells a story Pastor Chuck's now with the Lord that a family wheeled up their grandfather in a wheelchair and they asked Pastor Chuck to pray for the grandpa. And Pastor Chuck said, sure, I'd be happy to pray for him. And he said he got a surge of faith in the moment and he told the grandfather, get up out of your chair and walk. He grabbed the grandfather and pulled him up out of the wheelchair. Now, this takes faith, because if he fell on his face, and that's what we're all afraid of, right? That would be bad. But he just said he had this surge of faith right after a message, picked him up out of the wheelchair, and Grandpa started to walk. Later on, the family said, Pastor Chuck, that was awesome, but when we brought him up, he had a cold, and we just wanted you to pray over his cold. (laughs) Now, have you ever had a moment, though, where, look, our, our faith ebbs and flows. We all, we all understand that, right? There's times when my faith seems like I'm in the clouds and other times when I'm in the depths. But, but have you ever had a moment where it just seemed like your faith was just at an all-time high and you believed the Lord for something big? It's almost like the faith in the fire, Daniel chapter 3. We believe God will deliver us. We know he will, we believe he will, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down to your colossal statue Nebuchadnezzar and the Nebi fans the flame seven times hotter. Oh yeah? Well, I'm going to make the furnace seven times hotter. As James Montgomery Boyce puts it, just in case the Hebrew God can only deliver from normally heated furnaces. Seven times hotter. And they go into the fire but Jesus is there in the fire with them. Sometimes we get an extraordinary measure of faith, but it's just to hang in there through what seems like a a trial that would normally devastate us or we would fall like a house of cards. And the Spirit shows up in the moment to impart extraordinary faith so that we could stand could be someone who was facing a difficult situation of an onslaught or someone who maybe had to deal with uh, the possibility of being martyred for their faith. Look, every person who's ever died for Jesus was a normal, ordinary person with all the frailties and weaknesses just like you and me. But in that moment, they were given the faith to stand. Stephen demonstrates this kind of faith in Acts 6 and 7 against the religious leadership. Uh, Think of the apostles who have incredible faith in the middle of Jerusalem as they preach the gospel and the religious leadership are saying, stop it and we're gonna gonna do you in if you speak any more in this name. Well, these are the things that God does through his servants. God is a miracle working God and he will give you faith in the moment. If you're willing to just say, Lord, help me, he'll impart the faith that you need. Now, the other gift mentioned in verse 9 to another, gifts of healing. Notice, brothers and sisters, the plural there. They are gifts of healing by the one Spirit. A lot of you are asking questions, does God still heal today? The answer is yes, because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever.
0: You're listening to Now Concerning Spiritual Gifts, Part 5 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 8 through 11. Remember, our goal is to equip you so that you have an answer for your faith in Jesus Christ. Are friends, family, or co-workers asking you questions about your Christianity? Are they questions that you're having a hard time answering? Hey, we'd love to help you with those answers. So email us your question to the address answers at walkintruth.com. And Pastor Michael will answer your question using the Word of God. Again, the email is answers at walkintruth.com. Or you can write us a letter the old-fashioned way, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. Again, our mailing address is P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. And we look forward to hearing from you. Now here's Pastor Michael.
1: Well, maybe when you hear the idea of a spiritual gift, it seems a little mystical and maybe even a little weird to you. Well, to get past that, here's a way to think about spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are really maybe not as mystical as we think. They're divine enablements to really be what God always meant us to be. It's his power in our life to bless and build up other people. So that's a way to think about it. Ask the Lord to help you understand what your gift is and engage it. But remember, engaging, it's not for a show. It's not to, you know, tell my Christian friends I'm a, I've am i arrived. It's for the benefit of others. And it can be for your own edification as well. And for the glory of God. That's the way to think about it. Well, we've been telling you about a night of worship here at Living Truth on Sunday, February 16th at 7 p.m. We'd love for you to join us for an extended time of praise and worship, and a powerful testimony. It's happening at Living Truth in Corona, where I serve as senior pastor, 1009 Arsenal Way. Download the Living Truth app in your app store and you can get information and directions. You can catch up on past uh, messages and much, much more. Download it today. I'd love to have you come on out with your family and I would love to meet you here. God bless you. Thanks for partnering, praying, and listening to Walk in Truth. We'll catch you next time.
0: Tune in Monday for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 called Now Concerning Spiritual Gifts. I'm Mike Massaro. Have a great weekend and happy Valentine's Day. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.